0: We'll take a look into the current Hornets free agent situation, then update you on both of our lists, the top 35 Hornets players of all time and the top 35 Hornets nicknames of all time all today on Locked on Hornets. We're Locked on Hornets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, we laugh, We live. We live, we live. It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making this your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your pods, and that does include YouTube. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. That's Doug Branson. You can find his work on his Substack, stack, everyhornetsboxscore.com. You're sitting down again, Doug. Did you squat once more, or did you decide to you know quit working out after? one
1: day uh you know I'm a, i almost quit I almost did um but i'm thinking about my my baby i do have a baby i don't know if you know this you know i want to stay healthy for the baby i uh, want to try to keep it You're tight a toddler
0: now do we change the saying or no, is it it's always, always a baby be, i have a baby it's, Okay, no, it's always a baby um uh, so you uh, wouldn't yeah, understand walker you don't have a child you wouldn't understand
1: you don't get it um so yeah today is a workout day today's leg day uh so you know thoughts and prayers We'll like thanks but yeah, you know, I'm sitting. It's fine. I think it's good. I think I can maintain my energy. <laughs> We've got these lists to get to. I mean, I, I did. I did way too much research for my list, but I think people are going to enjoy it. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm I'm excited. I don't think anything's going to get me down
0: here in silly season. Well, and and it's so great because I told you how nervous I was because I wasn't prepared. I had not done enough research at the time. Now I have, but at the time you said, Walker, you're putting way too much research into this list. It is not, it does not call for that. And now here you are doing a Hornets nickname list, and you're thinking that you probably have done too much research. But we're gonna find out. We'll bring that to you in the second and third segment. I'm Walker Mail. You can listen to me on WFNZ Sports Radio ninety-two seven. Uh, fm every weekday from 12 to 3 p.m let's take a look at some of the current hornets here or you know i guess guys that could be hornets but aren't they're just floating in space in the free agent market here on august 9th no determination has been made pj washington free agent still kelly ubre free agent teo maladone free agent If you were to rank the top three free agents right now, I think most lists would have PJ and Kelly in that top three and Christian Wood, you know, another former Hornet. He's just there as well. You have had to don the purple and teal in order to be a best available free agent here this late into the off season. Let's start with PJ, Doug, or we honestly can start anywhere you want. What do you make of both of uh, PJ and Kelly? And then to a lesser extent, Teo Maladon, who did help this Hornets team. What do you make of all of these guys still being free?
1: Yeah, I'm surprised that we haven't had any movement. We've had a a couple of rumors out there about some interest from the Cleveland Cavaliers, although, you know, looking at their cap sheet for
0: PJ, yeah, yeah. for
1: PJ Washington, uh, looking at their cap sheet, nothing makes sense to me. Like a lot of it revolves around Jared Allen, which why does that make sense for the Hornets at this point when they have Mark Williams, uh, who's going to apologize,
0: but you're thinking sign and trade for PJ is what you're saying as far as it doesn't make sense for them cap wise,
1: right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, well and I think, you know, any kind of movement for for PJ to go to another team is going to involve sign and trade. I guess I assume that people would know that because I don't think that a team at this point is going to throw out an offer for PJ Washington. The options are at this point, he signs the qualifying offer, plays out the year and becomes an unrestricted mm-hmm. free agent like Miles Bridges. Or the Hornets and PJ come to some kind of agreement that probably revolves around the 13 14 million dollars per year area. It's like slightly above the mid-level exception but nowhere near the 18 million dollars that 18 to 20 that he's wanted, demanded, whatever, you know, word you want to use there. Or the the final option would be some kind of sign and trade. And so when you look at Cleveland's cap sheet nothing makes sense to me there. The Mavericks also a name that I keep seeing among these rumors even though You know, they got Grant Williams, we know that, but they're still, they want to win. (laughs) The the Dallas Mavericks are desperate to win while they have this Luka Doncic, Kyrie Irving window. And so I don't think it'd be out of the realm of possibility for them to continue to add 3 and D talent, which is what P.J. is. So, So all that to say, I think this ultimately ends with P.J. returning to the Charlotte Hornets, but the Hornets are playing hardball right now. And I don't know how long this is going to take. Uh, It took a while to sign Kelly Oubre in free agency when they did. uh, So a couple of years ago. So I think the Hornets are going to be patient with this one as well. This doesn't feel like a year where they they are desperate to contend. So, you know, they're not exactly. And you heard even Rick Schnall made like a throwaway comment of like, if PJ's coming back in that uh, either the media availability after the press conference, I don't think it was said at the press conference, but during one of the media availabilities, he said, you know, if PJ comes back. So, you know, they're playing yeah. hardball right now. We're going to see how it co- we're going to see how it turns out.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, the PJ Washington one, the market is weird how it played out, asking for money that no other team is willing to give him an offer sheet and you know call the Hornets on it at least. And so a team like Dallas, they go after Grant Williams, who was only just a tick above the mid-level exception. Remember when we had those rumors about the Hornets being interested in Grant Williams, but just a little too much above the mid-level exception, Dallas able to pay it, and so they go after him. And the Hornets, they weren't willing to go a cent above the MLE, and that's how Dallas is able to land Grant. And now you're right. I mean, they are playing hardball with P.J., you and I both have done the Kelly Ubre episode, where as we go deeper into the offseason, do the chances increase that he returns to Charlotte? But you and I both have said no. The face indicates that you might have different thoughts here, Doug. Do you have different thoughts on the chances of Kelly Oubre returning?
1: I feel like I go back and forth every day. Like every morning <laughs> I wake up in a I mean, cold you sweat. You scoffed
0: at the idea, the first episode that we brought it up. Yeah, now it's, uh, now it's a little limboy.
1: I know, but you know, again I I not fall back on a couple of things. One, I don't think no, the good. Hornets are really serious about making moves in the Eastern Conference if it happens great. Like they're, they're it's not like they're trying to lose. But I also I think they are in a liminal state. Uh this this off season where they 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 don't really want to contend to do what it takes, to spend the money, to go after the players. I mean, really all that's been done at this point that you couldn't even acquire the talent really at this point to make that kind of move so but I don't think they're trying to lose either they really want to evaluate I think this new group wants to evaluate you know who's going to move forward with this team and who they don't and maybe honestly secretly maybe they want PJ to sign the qualifying offer for that reason Again, it it continues to give you flexibility, just like the Miles Bridges signing the qualifying offer. You know, yeah, you have no leverage now. They become unrestricted free agents, but you now have flexibility in the offseason where you haven't committed multiple years of money to certain players, and that's going to, you know, capstrap you at a certain point. But back to Oubre, I do go back and forth, but ultimately I land on the fact that they're not trying to contend, and they've got to get a good look at Miller Honestly they should get a good look at Cody Martin after he missed an entire season. It's just his wing rotation is too, I think, deep at this point uh, of player, not not deep in the sense of like talent, but deep in the sense of players right. that you need to look at that, that bringing back Ubrey doesn't make any sense to me.
0: Well, and my question too, I know Kelly Oubre said he wants to be here in Charlotte, but we also have well-documented evidence of Kelly saying that he also wants a large role. He wants to play quite a bit. And so if Kelly Oubre wants to play a lot and he got that opportunity last year because of all the injuries, but won't get as many minutes this year, if he returns because of Brandon Miller, because of miles bridges, because Gordon Hayward, as long as he's not traded, is still going to be a part of this thing. The minutes, they dry up quickly. So we know Kelly likes Charlotte, and those are great comments. And we've talked a lot about how much we respect Kelly still getting up for every game at a time when they weren't winning a lot of games. We respect that. We appreciate that. but We know what Kelly's about, too. We can only go off of what his comments were in the past, and they were he wants to play. By the way, totally fine. And we've, we've heard him say that he thinks of himself as a starter. He, he wants to get a lot of minutes. So now it might just be the right time for him to get as much money as possible. Don't know if it would come here with the Hornets as they are playing hardball, even with PJ. And so if Kelly isn't going to get the money he wants here, not going to get the playing time he wants here, then it might just be a situation where he doesn't want to come back regardless of what Charlotte wants to do.
1: The second order negative effects of Kelly and PJ sitting in free agency is that it's It kind of is a signal to other players like, hey, don't come to Charlotte, because if you come to Charlotte, even if you're Kelly Oubre and you, you know, up your stats in a couple of categories and you give it all you got and you make some moves and you make some changes and you adjust your game and you do all of these things, uh, players are I mean, teams are still not going to love you for that. And P.J. Washington, same thing. Set career highs all across the board. Uh, this season but the Hornets don't make the playoffs and that means that players don't play in those significant minutes that teams want to see they want to see how you do when the pressure's on and before they invest a ton of money into you and I think that's part of the reason why PJ is still sitting there and no teams made him at least a significant enough offer we don't know if there were zero offers but we don't we know that there wasn't an offer significant enough for him to accept it and sign it and so you know that that's it's It's a disturbing thing, I think. It's not a positive thing that these players are still sitting there because if you're a player looking at this situation, you go, man, if I'm drafted by the Hornets or I make a signing like Kelly Oubre did, then you know when it comes time for me to sign that next deal, I might be in trouble.
0: So it's a great point. P.J. Washington changes the game. Kelly Oubre, respectable stuff at the end of the season. So now it doesn't matter how well you play or how you play with the Charlotte Hornets. Now, no other team is giving you an offer sheet in restricted free agency or a contract offer in unrestricted free agency. So now not only is any team in the NBA, that they're not giving you any contract, but the team that you actually helped your status with isn't giving you a contract. Here's where I want to go with this. During Gabe Plotkin and Rick Schnall's press conference and when Rick Schnall joined Kyle Bailey on WFNZ a couple of days ago, you can find it on WFNZ.com. They talked about, michael jordan still being a part of the organization he's still in basketball ops and so you don't completely erase that image of the previous regime because it's still there because michael is still yes a minority owner minority 100 but he's still there and the way that rick Schnall and gay plotkin are talking it's that they're going to still hear what he has to say now they're going to be respectful in the public eye I don't know what we're going to have to see what happens in this five-year tenure where Rick Schnall is head governor and then the five year tenure after we get the Schnall calls and we get to the Plotkin ploys. (laughs) But Michael Jordan right now is still a part of this organization. And with him still having a lot of power, you can't completely erase the image that came with the previous regime for those 13 years that he was head guy.
1: Well, you can. I just don't think you can do it now. I think you're right. I think there was a lot of respect. There's a lot of transition happening. A lot of things that are being said right now to make everyone feel all warm and fuzzy. At some point, Schnall and Plotkin have to make a separation from the previous regime.
0: That's true. And And I think it's going
1: to happen if the season goes poorly in the middle of the season or if it goes okay, it'll happen at the end of the season when they do clean house. And I think you're going to see in the next 12 to I say 12 to 18 months i think you're going to see a couple of statements being made either through you know actual statements or actions that are taken that make you go okay this isn't mj's franchise anymore and if that doesn't happen walker then we'll look back at this press conference, I think, in a much more negative light because we were all like, hey, this is the Diet Coke of, of press conferences. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It seems fine. But it's all, to me, it's only a fine press conference if it's not followed up by significant action that turns this organization into a contender sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah, maybe we finish up some of those thoughts in the next segment before we get to the list. Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast.
1: Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet.
0: Rick Schnall joined Kyle Bailey. We can get to some of those comments, but really those next segments are reserved for the top 35 Hornets of all time list and the top 35 Hornets nicknames of all time list. It's coming up soon, but not before we talk about FanDuel. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel and football season is here. They're about to kick off. FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over/unders, and plenty more than that. So visit fanduel.com/slash locked on and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's fanduel.com/slash locked on again. Fanduel.com/slash locked on or Locked On Hornets coming up next is Locked On Hornets. But I have seen him go all the That's way up phone. to number ten. That was—is there a warning? Do we need to get trying, out of here?
1: Okay, here's the thing. My—I don't know if you heard, but my watch went off, and I was trying to silence it, and then I accidentally hit ping the phone, and then the phone pinged, and and now here we are.
0: <laughs> I'm doing my best, man. It seems like you're doing your very worst. <laughs> well, sometimes it seems like you're—I'm actively fighting you today to move. To sometimes
1: my best is
0: my worst. <laughs> It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. You brought up the long-term evaluation for Rich Schnall and Gay Plotkin because you're right. It is going to take a long time to try to figure this out. We had this conversation on WFNZ different checkpoints that you can go to before we see real change. And that's hard to do in the short term with new ownership, because it takes time before you see the impact of new ownership. Now there are different things that can come about. I know Rick wants to, you know, Rick Schnall was talking about this. I call him Rick. We're already buddies. So Rick was already saying about how they want to have changes to the uh, stadium pretty immediately. They want to get working on that right away. They talked about the practice facility, blah, 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 blah,
1: blah, right.
0: Right. I don't know if there are any checkpoints that we can get to in the short term and short term, meaning within the next year to where we can point to that and say, OK, new regime, look at how, you know, look at the positive trajectory this franchise is on. I it, It's going to take some time, to your point. And so it'll be interesting to find some of those checkpoints that we can get to. OK, here's a good level here. Here's a place where we can set up camp and measure what the Hornets have done. Here's a place we can set up camp, measure what the Hornets have done. It's going to be the long game, trying to figure out the impact of this new regime.
1: Well, they better be doing a lot of this, a lot of finger-crossing, a lot of praying to whatever gods they want to pray to that this team stays healthy this season and outperforms expectations. Now, whether that means make the playoffs or make the play-in, whatever it means, it really it means, I think, outdoing the Vegas projections, mm-hmm. which are like around you know, 30-ish wins. You know, if this team wins 35, this team wins 40, if they get close to what they were a couple of years ago, then then I think people will look fondly on the bets that Schnall and Plotkin are partly responsible for because they did have some voice. They did have some influence in this franchise. He confirmed Plotkin, it. At least Plotkin did, yeah. And they, they exactly, they, they have put their money on, hey, we've got a good foundation here. We want to see what it can do, okay? Well, when you've done that, when you've retained... Mitch Kupchak, at least in the short term, then that's where you're putting your bet. And they better hope that bet pays off because we know as a city what it looks like when a franchise gets off on the wrong foot. I mean, that happened with Bob Johnson and the Charlotte Bobcats, okay? Mm, right. So, you know, this first year does matter. There's a lot on LaMelo Ball's shoulders. There's a lot on the rest of this core's shoulders at this point, uh, the the whole reputation of an ownership group.
0: Uh, yeah, it just got me thinking Has there been an NBA franchise that have, that it's gone through more ownership change than Charlotte basketball fans? I mean, because you have, you have the Hornets that drop in the, you know, inaugural season. Okay. And then you're discussing the Charlotte Hornets having a different franchise once they leave for new Orleans, Michael Jordan buys that franchise. Now here we are with Plotkin and Schnall. Uh, It doesn't seem, you know, so since 2000, We've had four different owner groups, ownership groups in place. there There can't be. i mean, there there just can't be in in North American sports, Doug. There can't be that kind of ownership change, right? I mean, that's that's every five years <laughs> yeah,
1: that's it's a strange thing for sure. i I, I feel like Atlanta I, I, I feel like the Atlanta Hawks makes sense to me. i don't I can't confirm that. I have to really do some research there, but just I have a feeling that the Atlanta Hawks have changed ownership a lot.
0: I don't think so. Just because we have the representative of the, uh, I forget, but the, the actress, the family, she always, she always uh, is, is the person, the representative of the Hawks franchise and the NBA draft lottery. I forget her name, but yeah. Anyways. All right. Weird thing. Let's go to the list, Doug. Let's have some fun. So this is fun, but also pretty excruciating, at least for me, because you know, the top 35 Hornets list this list is made to be ridiculed. Like I know what I'm getting into. I know what you put me in. In fact, this was my welcome to lockdown Hornets party. When you had me on this scene right away, you announced me hosting this podcast. Here you go. (laughs) Wolves eat. Okay. That's what you said. Um, (laughs) But now I'm in a much different space. Uh I feel very good about this list and the changes I made to the previous list. We'll see what we can do about that. um, Yeah, I know. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> how do you, you want to do this by going like four or five at a time? Maybe yep. we just, I, I have them broken off into sections.
1: Oh my God. So,
0: you know, right. Gosh, just, <laughs> so, made, just do five. Just so you're making this way more
1: difficult than it needs to be. You're wasting hey, time. You're wasting okay. precious time that you could be using to analyze your list. Okay. Just tell All me, right. give me
0: five names or four names. Okay. Cause we've already done. One. Hey, Hey, look, we've, we've got plenty of time. Okay. It's August 9th. We've got plenty of time. <laughs> get let's let's slow down the content train why you're a producer why are you trying to speed this thing up so this section is called from 35 to 31 mm-hmm. this section the theme of it is called hornets scoring it Scorn it okay <laughs> hornets scoring it scorn it 35 the 35th best hornet of all time i made a change by the way sorry cody you're moving up 35th best <laughs> wait, a minute. Of all time.
1: wait a minute you've already we've already put the name on there you can't change it change. already
0: you know, th- th- this is what's great you know what i've realized in my five years of hosting this show it's great because i can't change it i thought about that i was like well we already aired it i can't change it. but i was like wait Yes, I can. You are Kevin. You are Kevin
1: O'Conn, man. Uh, You are phony Gavoni right now. You are Mm -hmm. everything that I hate about sports punditry, which is I'm going to be right until I'm wrong and then I'm going to change it so that I'm right. Go ahead. Number 35.
0: Yeah. All right. Number 35. Cody Zeller moves up 35. The hammer. Armin Gilliam. Wow. He makes the list at number 35. I'm less mad, but I'm still mad. All right. So Armand Gilliam, we had to fit him in on the list, but only, you know, we can go over it. 34 is where Cody Zeller moves. It's the only change you get a mulligan. When you go out to the golf course, you get one mulligan. So that's what I had a uh, bad tee shot. Cody Zeller moves up to 34. Just felt like Cody played too much to be behind Armand Gilliam. So Cody Zeller moves to 34. You got the fanfare ready? I got it ready. All right. 33. Gordon Hayward. Ah. Wow, Gordon
1: makes the list. I didn't, does, I didn't know if Gordon was going to make the list. Yeah. I mean, well, lot, I think you were already barely. making people angry because a lot of people have some negative feelings about Gordon Hayward and his injury history.
0: 100%.
1: 32. <laughs> you're just going to move. You're not even going to address it. Well, you're just going to move past we'll, it.
0: We'll address it. I, I said we'll address it right. after I go through the five lists. You're the one that was hurrying me out the door. 32. Terry Rozier. What a lot of current. This is a current Hornet. Yeah, list right here and 31 and we'll end here today for Hornets scoring it, scoring it. Jason Richardson 31 Jay Rich
1: slam dunk maestro uh, 3 point specialist as well.
0: So here's what I was thinking with this list, right? So let's start with Armand Gilliam and Cody Zeller. Cody Zeller. We talked about the impact. I won't spend too much time on it, but I just felt like he played too long and still did have an impact with this team. Where Armand Gilliam comes in and is just like a 90-game mercenary in half seasons, right? So he comes over in 1990 or 1989-1990 season, plays 60 games, starts 59. And then in the 1990-91 season, only plays 25. So we're talking about very limited time, but close to a 20-point-per-game score, efficiency through the roof. Armin uh, Gilliam coming in with like eight, nine rebounds a game. Like he was g- really good, but man, just not a lot of time, even for Hornet standards. So I wanted him to get on the list, but not above Cody, who played a longer time. With Gordon Hayward, Gordon Hayward's gonna be fascinating because if we go with just the narrative stuff, the contract was too much. They gave it to him at 30 years old, and by the end of it, he was gonna be 34. You have to imagine they've looked to trade him. He's not been available as much, but even with the lack of availability, we're talking about him playing 143 games, starting 142, and what's the what's the caveat we always have with Gordon Hayward. When he's on the floor, he's good. I don't think anybody really argues the fact that when he's on the floor, he's good. We can we can talk about how he's not aggressive, he's had some of the shooting slumps, he actually didn't shoot well from 3 this year but still shot 48% from the field. We've talked about him being the connector. You talk about malleable man. Like this is someone that can fit into whatever you ask. Lamelo's out. Okay, Gordon's going to come. He's going to come. Your ball handler. You know, your half court possession scorer. We, we like Gordon Hayward when he's on the floor. He helps out a lot. But you're right. The availability still a lot, a lot of negative emotion. That's why he gets in with those numbers. Better numbers than a lot of people that are going to be in front of him. But barely gets in. Terry Rozier. He comes in at 32. So four years with the Hornets, it, contract polarizing for sure. Even within this show, I don't love the contract, and you do, or you don't love it, but you get the idea. You were a bigger fan of it than I.
1: I'd was. have Rozier higher, honestly.
0: Yeah, I figured I figured some people would. Um,
1: I got to hear the rest of this, th- but I just you know right now I'd have Rozier a little bit higher. I'd have
0: him top over end. Jason Richardson.
1: Oh yeah, I mean Richardson was a flash in the pan. Rozier's been here a couple of years now. He, he was scary, Terry. You know, been a, a leader on this franchise, brought the, you know, it didn't work out, but I mean, brought the team together uh, two summers ago,
0: you know. So, so Terry above Jason Richardson, I could deal with Jay Rich just comes in. I mean, monster year for the yeah. Bobcats. Now, granted, it was the Bobcats. But we also have context for him being a good player with Golden State as well. So Jason Richardson comes in 0708. And, you know, starts all 82 games, okay, available for everyone, starts every single one of them, shoots over 40% from three on seven attempts per game and averages 22 points per game that season. It's the second most he would ever post in his entire NBA career. Now, that Bobcats team wasn't very good. He did play a few games, 14 and 08, 09, still very good numbers. So this is where, all right. If we have playoff performances as well, where they get to the play in a couple times, Terry Rozier doesn't play very well in those games. Sure. Bobcats didn't make it, but also Jason Richardson has better years, in my opinion, or a better year. That one's tough. I just felt like there was better. I didn't feel like there was as much polarization. It felt like I would be punishing Richardson for being a Bobcat. And if Terry Rozier is among the best players on a team that barely gets the play in and he's still like your third best player, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, that one's tough. If you wanted to put Terry at 31, I could agree there, but that's my list. Just to go over it real quickly. Armand Gilliam, 35, Cody Zello, 34, Gordon Hayward, 33, Terry Rozier, 32, Jason Richardson, 31.
1: I'm going to put these uh, lists on everyhornetsboxscore.com, by the way. So okay. you can key, If you want to go there, you okay. can keep track of them. I'll try to get those up today.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, the the Rogier-Richardson thing, that's the one I could see flipping. But Richardson was good. I it was. It's tough because that team sucks so bad. The, the, the organization was just in, all right, well, we have a decent player. Let's ship him out here. Let's trade him to Phoenix. You know, so – that's the list. All right, Doug. Any I've comments? Little, I'm from sorry. You, yeah, I, you
1: know, I, I still can't get over you changing 35. I've been, I've been. If I feel, if it feels like I've been a little checked out this segment, it's because I've been scouring the internet trying to find your Kevin O'Conman nickname. Uh, there's not a lot out there that I can work with in terms of Walker good. or male. There is this word, Montebank, a person who deceives others, especially oh. in order to trick them out of their money, a charlatan. So, Walker Montebank.
0: Mm, that's weak i love it i love it it's It's all it's all i can come up with have a better name walker this is your fault hey look man it's you've never taken a mulligan off the tee you know like come on it's okay we got one walker mulligan yeah that's i I like that
1: walker mulligan
0: yeah that's now yeah see i'm not even trying and i'm doing better excellent so should i do the nicknames as well it seems like i should all right coming up next on the locked on hornets podcast don't go to sleep on the hornets just yet I've got the top thirty-five Hornets Bobcats of all time. Doug has the best nicknames of all time. You be the judge on if he's done too much research. Coming up next, Locked On Hornets is Locked On Hornets. Mitch Kupchak will he do the thing that he has not done in season? This anything time? the thing that he has not done it is always anything. Comes back to do something. <laughs> Just do do one thing. You need to get a stick from outside and become the meme. <laughs> in person because that it it always comes back to do something. Do something. (laughs) It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets Podcast. Floor's yours, Doug. You can choose to do this however you want to. Just give us the top five. You've already given us one. So if you want to give us the next four, however you want to do it, I'm not going to be nearly as judgment.
1: Well I've made a change at number thirty five.
0: (laughs) Good. You should. <laughs> you should. I'm kidding. You I'm kidding. No, I, I will. My list Baconator is. Baconator felt a little higher. I'm just saying. You should change it. No, my list
1: is um, uh, sacrosanct. It will not mm-hmm. change. It is. I'm writing it on a stone tablet and taking it. I'm bringing it down off of Hornet's Mountain and telling you that you know number what? 35. Hold on one second. I'm
0: going to change Jason Richardson and Terry Rozier. Go me. ahead. Ro- I'm oh going to change God. that.
1: Dwayne Bacon Baconator is number 35. Great question on YouTube from Tsunami Daddy. How exactly does one live up to the name Baconator? Because I said that part of my criteria is that you have to, you don't have to, but at some level of the criteria is living up to the nickname. If you didn't live up to it, you've got to make up for it in other areas like creativity and some of these other factors that I'm doing. But Tsunami Daddy wants to know how exactly does one live up to the name The Baconator? What are the criteria for that? I'll tell you, the criteria is, I once ate a Baconator in college when I was uh, acting in a short film. I ate a Baconator when they gave us all a a break and I fell asleep on the set. And so that's the criteria. A Baconator, not made me fall asleep, that's not the the criteria. The criteria is, it affected me physically. And that's that's what I wanna, I want a nickname and a player to affect me physically. I wanna feel it in my body like I felt that Baconator Making me fall asleep. So that's a okay. criteria. Great question, though. Great question.
0: No, I was curious. Go ahead. What's number thirty-four?
1: Number thirty-four. We've talked about this one a lot, Walker. Uh, this person showed up in Who Wore It Best, uh, the first person ever to have a Who Wore It Best and be featured on the top thirty-five uh, Hornets nicknames list. It's Gerald. World class glass. <laughs> Played on a 95-96 Hornets team. The only year that he was a member of the Charlotte Hornets. Weird team, that 95-96 Hornets team. Mm-hmm. If you don't remember, Walker was the last Allen Bristow year. He was let go. They mutually agreed uh, to move on after a 41-41 and season where they missed the playoffs. This is the year after they traded Alonzo Mourning, brought back Glenn Rice and Matt Geiger. Both of those will show up on this list. Spoiler. Spoiler. And uh, it was the only Glenn Rice, Larry Johnson year, but it was forgettable uh, because Muggsy was injured for a majority of the year and they just underperformed that year. They brought Gend- Kendall Gill back and then traded him again. LJ was pissed off that they were trading people that he didn't want the team to trade. And then, of course, in the offseason, they trade LJ for Mace so they bring in Cowans and they go on to win 50 games a couple of times. Also, in that year, they rallied to beat the Bulls by one point in March, one of only 10 losses for that story team. So, what do you think about that? 95, 96 Hornets. I
0: think that's a lot of research for world class <laughs> I I <laughs> <World-class> class. I told you.
1: World class <laughs> class. What a nickname. It just th- there's it's a good. beauty to it. Really there's good. a sing songy nature to it. I like that. You'll you'll hear some nicknames that I have on here. If they roll off the tongue really well. Mm-hmm. I'm going to rate it high. Gerald okay. World Class Glass. I mean, listen to that. You know, this is an gotcha. audio, this show started and is still in the audio space. So when I say Gerald World Class Glass, I mean, mm-hmm. that's just, that's fun to listen to.
0: Like molasses dripping <laughs> out of your mouth. All right. What's next one?
1: World Class Molasses. That's a good one, too. All right. Number 33, Mick Bob, Josh McRoberts. That does really not roll simple. off the tongue. Does not roll off the tongue. It is really simple. You're right. I like the simplicity of it. Uh, Josh McRoberts from Carmel, Indiana. I don't know if it's Carmel or Carmel. You're the it's Indiana Carmel. expert.
0: Carmel? It's Carmel. Yeah.
1: So McBob, you I'm know, like he great. had the long hair like me. Um, he had the facial hair like me. And there is the stereotype of that particular look that I think does signify a little bit hillbilly. It does signify a little bit hick. And so and I'm not putting any positive or negative connotation on that. I'm just telling you that that's what it gives off. I know. I wear it every kind day. Kind of like
0: a Chill Billy. Like he was a cool dude. So maybe we go with the Chill Billy.
1: I like that. I don't know if you came up with that off the dome or if that's if that's a thing, but I like that a lot.
0: mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Yeah.
1: Mick Bob. So Mick Bob fit in that way, I think. It just has that little like Mick Bob. Hey, oh, there's old Mick Bob. Um mm-hmm. Here's my question on Josh McRoberts. Was the defining moment of his career as a Charlotte Bobcat, which was brief, was his defining no. moment the the elbow to the throat that he gave LeBron James in that playoff series?
0: Well, he had some sick dunks, too. I Basically, it's just the year where he did everything. Like, you could run your offense through him because he was such a good passer, and you just had dudes cut off of him. I don't know specific plays. I just remember the year where Clifford loved him. And was angry at the organization for not bringing him back? I think that's a thing. Uh, yeah, sure. I think. Okay. You know, whatever. You didn't do that research, but that's fine. I didn't. know uh, I just
1: researched. <laughs> I, I did watch the elbow to the throat that he gave LeBron James in that playoff gotcha. series. My question on that is, did it change NBA history? Because Miami would go on to lose... That uh, finals against San Antonio, and then of course LeBron James would move on from the Miami Heat. No more championships for LeBron in Miami. They would he would move on to Cleveland and play the Warriors. So, top. yeah, I mean that that elbow to the throat. You know, did it change mm. NBA history? Did did that um, you know hurt LeBron James in some way? Limit him in some way? We'll never know. We will never know. Mm. Number thirty two, Lord Byron Byron Mullins. <laughs> Lord Byron.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: no. I think this is one. So, obviously, <laughs> obviously, I have an affection for Byron Mullins and what he was oh, able to no. do for one of the worst teams in NBA history. He brought joy to that team. Uh, he brought mm-hmm. dunks that that a guy uh, that looks like Byron Mullins should not be able to do, and he was fantastic. I love Byron Mullins. A lot of people call him B.J. Mullins, so that's a nickname, but I, I discarded that one for one. Okay. I don't know if I coined it. I don't feel like I coined this. But I don't. I couldn't find any any notes on here of him being called Lord Byron in any other publication. So I'm not going to claim it. But I'm just going to say, like I say, Lord Byron Mullins because he was a poet on the court and a poet with the dunk, anyway. Um, so yeah, there you go, Lord Byron, number thirty two.
0: All right. Lord Byron uh, that's that's one I probably would have put a little bit further back but that's okay uh you know like I I think this is what we should do your list should be finalized my list should just be introduced by sections and then we work it out and then we try because you're no, right I yeah're you're, I like word, Rozier, yeah, you're, you're, you're the you're the stand-up comedian I think that's fine
1: you're the stand-up mm-hmm. comedian workshopping your material you know in that's some right. dingy club on 22nd Street. And I am I'm on no, I caught I'm on, them before they I'm, got
0: big. That's what people are going to say about this list. You know, I what? got a I Netflix special before they got monstrous.
1: I got a Netflix special. I'm on Broadway. You're on 22nd Street. So mm-hmm. you keep workshop and I'm just going to tell you that number 31 is the okay. Rifleman Chuck Person.
0: That's a great one. And that one that one like holds up in uh, it's nationally known. P- people know the Rifleman. I don't know if people know Lord Byron. No one, no one McPop. knows that. No one knows that.
1: But that's not what no. this is. But notoriety is a part of it. Notoriety is one but, but of the, the riflemen is big. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I've said this yet, but there are thirty-four distinct criteria that I use to create this list. Okay, and one of the thirty-four was notoriety. Like, that did help you, but it wasn't all about that. One of the other criteria is if I created or made famous the nickname, (laughs) then it got a lot of points, okay? (laughs) If it was a unique creation of the Locked on Hornets podcast, then I gave it some bonus points. And I'm not sure Lord Byron was, uh, but I'm not sure it wasn't either. So maybe I got half points for that. Anyway, the Rifleman, Chuck Person, he was nicknamed after the star of the 50s Western TV show of the same name, Chuck, uh, the, the name was the rifleman. The TV show's name was the rifleman, but the star of that show was Chuck Connors. So Chuck person, Chuck Connors also because he could shoot the rifleman shoot. Uh, here's a little bit of trivia for you. Chuck Connors, the star of that TV show, one of only 13 players to play in the NBA and major league baseball. What do you think about that?
0: No, that's, that's incredible. The rifleman, baby. Yeah. Love it. All you're, right. a big yeah, Chuck you're,
1: a, you're a big Chuck person guy, right? You like Chuck person. I don't
0: know about big, but I definitely know Chuck person. We well, are a huge Ford. Pacers
1: fan. So I just <laughs> felt like, you know, Chucky P you know, it was a big part of Pacers
0: history, but that was, that was a little before my time though. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's getting me choked up. Chuck person is. So when we talk about the Pacers, my introduction to the NBA was that 2000 NBA finals team against the Lakers and person wasn't on that. So he was a little before my time, but then you learn the history, and so you definitely know will about you it will you give
1: will you award me one more moment to give you a good chucky person story? I don't know if it's a good chucky person story, but it's a good story involving Chuck person
0: Sure. yeah, go ahead. we're already here
1: all right so the this is the day after Christmas in nineteen ninety how old were were you in nineteen ninety were you born?
0: wasn't thought about yet
1: he <laughs> did not did <laughs> d e did not exist. <laughs> walker yeah, yeah, the day yeah. after christmas in 1990 the pacers suited up against the celtics and before the game chuck person was interviewed and said he was gonna go bird hunting now these are two indiana guys mm, keep in mind you got carmel yeah, that's
0: right and
1: what french lick was that the name of the city French or was, Lick, yeah. the
0: hick from french lick yeah right. they didn't have chill back then <laughs>
1: So Chuck Person was interviewed and said he was going to go bird hunting. Well, we know uh, that Larry Bird, did. he was a master trash talker
0: and did not take so kindly. Chuck. Chuck would talk, man. Goodness gracious, Chuck would talk.
1: Right. So a Bird was told of the quote and said he had a Christmas present for Chuck Person that he'd give him during the game. And so during this game, after launching a three-pointer next to the Pacers bench, Bird turned to Person and said, Merry bleeping Christmas. <laughs> the shot, of course, went yeah. down.
0: So those those, those stories are great. The Larry Bird <laughs> trash-talking stories are great. Uh, Chuck Person also involved in a collegiate improper benefit scandal um, once he I was know. a coach, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so there you go. Ahead of his time. Ahead of his ref- time.
1: Money moving around in college yeah. a lot now. You know, right. a lot of these guys that, you know, got punished, I think, probably... Uh well that was a fair fe- you know there were federal charges involved in that I th- I guess we could separate that maybe from some,
0: <laughs> some of the other but stuff that's been going down but yeah uh, Chucky P All right is that the last one? Are we good?
1: Uh yeah, I've got well yeah, I, I promised uh well Glenn Rice is going to make this list at some point. Uh the hammer is going to definitely show up on this list. Armin Gilliam might show up a couple of times. He had a couple of great nicknames, so I can't wait to get to some of these okay. names. I will but I will not. I will not. Change this list.
0: Yeah, you know, I think I'm just like we'll go different sections and then once we get past the section, we'll leave that locked in and then Walker Mulligan you know, we'll move on and Walker yeah, Montebank. You know, yeah, I like it. You know, we'll we'll just we're just all playing around, man. We're just all having fun. We're just all having a good time. That's it. Locked on Hornets. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere. Wiggle you room pod. walker. No, I like Wiggle Room Walker. Wiggling oh, oh Wiggling Wigglin walker.
1: walker. Yeah, Wiggling Walker. That's it. All right. We've I've workshopped yeah. that. I will workshop That's- nicknames. Uh, not nicknames on my list but I will workshop <laughs> nicknames for this show for the con men out there in the in the NBA punditry space and Wiggling Walker Mail I'm not going to get I'm not going to let them get away with it folks I'm not going to let them get away with it
0: I like it. Honestly, you keep calling me that. I'll keep doing it, baby. (laughs) Wiggling Walker. That's fantastic. Make sure you make your second lesson game to game NBA every moment, every top performance, every result game to game has you covered only on the Locked On Podcast Network. Have a great rest of your day. More lists, more updates on the list coming up tomorrow.